0: The NFL deadline is here. Will the Carolina Panthers make a move? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Wednesday throughout the rest of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me, or DM me if you have a question for tomorrow's edition of the Weekly Wednesday Mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel make every moment more right now new customers get 150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet that's a 150 bucks if your team wins visit fanduel.com/lockedon to get started today the Carolina Panthers are riding high after their walk off 15-13 win against the Houston Texans on Sunday afternoon at long last Carolina Panthers have won a game. They improved to 1-6 on the season and now have an opportunity with the Indianapolis Colts coming in. A Frank Reich revenge game to start stacking some wins. And there's the Bears who don't have Justin Fields and Tyson Bajan who apparently was this next coming that people built up all week is a bum, so the Carolina Panthers have a chance to maybe win three in a row. We'll see how that works out, and we'll talk all about the game against the Colts all week long. We'll get into the good, the bad, and the ugly here on the show and talk about what Frank Reich had to say following his first win as the head coach for the Carolina Panthers, but there's a more pressing matter for the Carolina Panthers right now as at 4 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, the NFL trade deadline will come and pass here in the NFL on Tuesday, October 31st. Happy Halloween to everyone out there. The Carolina Panthers at 1-6 and six are still highly unlikely to make the playoffs. I know I jokingly said... Playoffs yesterday. Guys, I was caught in a moment. It's a long time since I've been able to come up here and have a smile on my face talking about a winning football team for that afternoon. I wasn't really serious about that. But hey, if it happens, you heard it here first. (laughs) And I never lost hope. Again, joking. But still, the Carolina Panthers are not going to be a playoff team this year. And doesn't really matter at this point in time, because what you saw from Bryce Young in that game-winning drive, what you saw from all day long being under pressure and under constant duress, that is what you wanted to see from Bryce Young. His growth, his development is the most important thing for the Carolina Panthers in getting ready for the future. Now, The future for the Carolina Panthers right now has them without a first-round pick in 2024 because they decided to trade up to number one to get Bryce Young to be their franchise quarterback. And, of course, that's still to be determined, whether that will end up being the case of Bryce, who I like and I love what he did on Sunday in that win against the Houston Texans. But the Carolina Panthers also have some players out there. That could be expendable, that they could move on from who are going to be guys that are going to be free agents coming up next year or have contracts that still make sense for the Carolina Panthers and they got players that could maybe help a contender. The Panthers if anything, should be sellers at the deadline. The only player that we know with 100% certainty is on the trade block is Terrace Marshall Jr., the second-round pick out of LSU in 2021, who is effectively the fourth, fifth receiver on the roster, has made a limited impact throughout his first three years in the NFL and this year he had nine receptions against Minnesota. Then the next week against Detroit did not play because the Carolina Panthers just forgot to get him involved. And Frank Reich said he needed to do a better job of making sure that he let the coaching staff know that, Hey, I want Terrace to play, which is part of the reason why Frank Reich is no longer calling plays. And Thomas Brown is now the play caller. So as we know right now, the only player that 100% is on the block, the Carolina Panthers are listening to offers is Terrace Marshall Jr. Because his agent, came to Scott Fitterer, the Carolina Panthers general manager, and said, hey, this isn't working. We need to get my client in a better situation. Let's go out there and figure it out, where then they were given permission to seek a trade. So far, a trade has not happened as of this recording at 4.33 on Monday, October 30th. Aside from that, we don't really know. The big speculation and, of course, the major piece the Carolina Panthers have at their disposal to move off of and get some significant capital is Brian Burns, who, as of this moment, has yet to sign an extension. We saw Rashawn Gary, who is also an edge rusher in Green Bay, just signed an extension, and it has not happened yet for Brian Burns, according to multiple reports. Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, he came out and said that negotiations with Brian Burns haven't progressed since the summer. We have heard very little when it comes to the contract negotiations between the Panthers and Brian Burns. There's been an offer made. We heard about that way back in the summer when Darren Gannon of Panthers.com reported it, but since then, have not heard very much at all since the season started about Brian Burns and his contract negotiations, whether he'll be extended here in Carolina. Now, the Panthers do have a chess piece to play, and that is To slap the tag on him come March and then be able to discuss up until July what the deal would be there. And when people have asked me, hey, when do you start getting concerned about Brian Burns? Those are the folks that, at least the ones that still want him here. I say, when we get to July of next year, after he's been tagged, that's what happens. And there's still not a deal done. We saw Taylor Moten get tagged, get a deal done right there by the deadline. Maybe that's going to be the case with Brian Burns. But if it's not going to be the case, and if they do not want to pay Brian Burns, and they're not going to come to agreement with him, then it would make sense for the Carolina Panthers to go out there and trade him. Now, the unfortunate thing is, last year was their best chance to get significant compensation in a Brian Burns trade. They could have gotten a first rounder in 2024 and 2025 and a third rounder from the Los Angeles Rams. But now that Brian Burns is in his fifth year option playing on that, he's going to be a free agent come March, it's harder for a team to be convinced to give up that kind of capital, not knowing whether Brian Burns will long-term be with them. Now, you can look at the Miami Dolphins, Denver Broncos trade last year where the Dolphins acquired Bradley Chubb and then three days after that signed him to a big-time deal. I would imagine that if a team is going to trade for Brian Burns, that's what they would want to do. But the team also has to be on the same page with Brian Burns and they have to come to terms. We're not quite sure where that would happen in Because I'm not sure, you're not sure, how can a team out there be confident that they can get a deal done right away with Brian Burns or at least in time for them to not lose him for absolutely nothing. So the Carolina Panthers can do that, They can trade him away, but according to multiple sources right now, that does not appear to be the case. Diana Rossini came out on Saturday. She's with The Athletic now. She came out on Saturday and said the expectation is that Brian Burns will remain in Carolina. Dan Graziano said last Wednesday, and nothing's really changed either, that Brian Burns, at least teams are being told that Brian Burns is not available. Now, he did mention last year teams were told that Chris McCaffrey was not available then the San Francisco 49ers gave the Carolina Panthers which adds up to a first round pick with the second third fourth and fifth to get Chris McCaffrey so they gave significant compensation which allowed the Carolina Panthers to trade up to get Bryce Young and also trade up to get DJ Johnson as their edge rusher there in the third round so the Carolina Panthers got what they wanted for McCaffrey will they get an offer that they were are willing to accept for Brian Burns we will see, but right now, all things are trending towards Brian Burns being back here in Carolina. But that's not official until the clock strikes 401 on Tuesday afternoon here in Eastern Standard Time in Charlotte. So we'll see what happens. Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated again came out on Friday, and he said that you know the Panthers, obviously are a team that would make sense as being sellers. But part of the issue for Carolina is that a few guys that would have been pieces now are not available. Safety Jeremy Chin, as we know, he's on IR, so they're not going to be able to trade him. You look at Shaq Thompson, he's out for the season on IR, so he also can't be traded. Chin was probably gone. And you have to imagine the organization is kicking themselves in a way that, oh man, We haven't really utilized him this year. He gets injured. Now we can't get anything for him as he's probably going to walk away as a free agent. Maybe they get a comp pick. We'll see the Panthers need to add a lot of players. So it would be unlikely that they'll be able to get a comp pick as that's been the case the last couple years as they continuously are trying to reload, rebuild the roster year after year without any sort of direction of where the hell they want to go. So Jeremy Chen, he's not going to be available to be traded. Shaq Thompson, again, he won't be available, which probably leaves, according to Albert Beer, Terrace Marshall Jr., who's asked for a trade, and Corner Dante Jackson as the most likely guys to be moved. Uh, if Dante gets moved, there's no availability date in sight for jc horn to come back so that would mean a lot of deshaun jameson uh some DiCaprio boodle out there at corner with cj henderson more troy hill really so actually it's really troy hill cj henderson and then jamie robinson who played a lot in the nickel spot with jeremy chin out on ir so it's gonna be a lot of inexperience there uh well there's experience with troy hill but it's not gonna of course be great and the coaching staff would be wondering, hey, what are we going to have to do here with this? But, hey, 1-6, you got to do yourselves in this situation. This is what happens when you are a 1-6 football team. So if Terrace Marshall gets moved, whatever, not a big deal. You saw what Mingo was able to do on Sunday afternoon. They effectively replaced him way back in April when they got Jonathan Mingo there, 39th overall in the draft. Then Dante Jackson, it's been real. He was actually uh, – he got a game ball – on Sunday for the way he was able to play. I thought he was great in the run game. Uh, But Dante coming up in Achilles, he's been not great so far this season. Hasn't been bad, but he hasn't really looked like his old self. And he's always been an up-and-down player. I don't think that kills the Panthers. But then there leaves a lot of questions in the offseason of going out and finding probably two more corners as C.J. Henderson himself is also a free agent. And you know J.C. Horn so far through his first three years of his career has not been relied upon to stay healthy um, and be out there on the field. When he has been on the field, he's been good. But that has not been the case. So the Carolina Panthers right now, they have the trade piece. The biggest one is Brian Burns. They are telling teams, according to multiple reports and sources, that he's not available. But that was the case last year. And if the right deal comes... I would not be surprised to see Brian Burns get moved. But as I've said in the past, you go ahead and move Brian Burns, it's going to be a hell of a time trying to find someone to replace him. You have not gotten that much edge rusher help from anyone outside of Brian Burns. Like Frankie Luby's done his thing. But Frankie, he plays all over the defense there at linebacker. He can move outside. He can be a blitzer up the middle. He's not naturally an edge rusher. DJ Johnson got some quality reps on Sunday out of necessity. We'll see how his development goes, but YGM's probably on his way out of Carolina as well. Justin Houston's giving you next to nothing so far as an aged, not even aging, an aged veteran. So good luck with that. Good luck finding someone to replace him. Good luck finding someone to replace DJ J- more, because right now that has not happened. And good luck being able to find a dynamic player like Christian McCaffrey, who you let go out the door last year. It's great to get draft picks, but we have been over it time and time again. This team sucks at drafting. So as long as they suck at drafting, I am not going to be all that thrilled about giving away a good player for draft picks when we've seen that those draft picks just don't turn out to be good players. So we'll see what happens, and we'll break it all down on Wednesday's show. Of course, the mailbag, but really, I'll probably air something right after um, Tuesday's deadline. That will be Wednesday's show, and maybe we'll get to the mailbag. Just send the mailbag questions anyways. Uh, it really depends on what they do. If they don't make a move, then it's like not really much to talk about. If they do make a move, then, of course, you know, there'll be something to talk about. So stay tuned as far as that goes here on Locked on Panthers on tomorrow's show. But as we do every Tuesday, we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and Baby, there's a lot of good to talk about as the Carolina Panthers finally got their first win of the season, 15 to 13 against the Houston Texans. We'll break it all down here in just a moment on Lockdown Panthers. Whenever the game clock stops, that's when it's time to order in with DoorDash. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Score football season's best prices and deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. And some of my personal favorites here near me are Yafo Kitchen, love me some Hawthorns, Moo & Brew, go get them. Get ready for game day stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash and get ready to watch your team win as they finally did on Sunday afternoon. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code locks 20 Subject change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. The Carolina Panthers picked up their first win of the season, so there's no better time to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from the 15-13 walk-off win against the Houston Texans on Sunday afternoon. And let's, of course, start off with the positive as there was a lot of positive. There's still things they can work on and clean up. They're 1-6, so yeah, obviously, Julian, there's a lot of things they can work on and clean up. But the good, and we have to start with Bryce Shawng. Bryce Young, number one overall pick in a game that could have been a referendum on picking him, on signing uh, Frank Reich as the head coach, just on David Tepper's ownership, on Frank, on um, Scott Fitterer. Could have been a referendum on the entire organization. He went out there, and he won the battle between the top two picks and really the top three picks of the 2023 NFL Draft, out dueling if you even want to say that. C.J. Stroud, he finished 22 of 33 with 235 yards and one passing touchdown. According to Pro Football Focus, he made four big-time throws and had just one turnover-worthy play on first review, and I don't even know what the turnover-worthy play was because Bryce Young did a great job taking care of the football and was excellent. You look at what he was able to do against, uh, against the Blitz. We talked about yesterday, he was sacked six times. Iki Iquanu had a rough day. We'll get to him momentarily. But Bryce Young having to really make plays out of structure. And that's what I loved from him back at Alabama. So many times where, and you look at it, if you really watch them, they did not protect Bryce well his two years as the starter, I think back to the Auburn game, Iron Bowl on the road, where Bryce Young, I think, pretty much won the Heisman Trophy by able by being able to get them down the field to tie the game, send it to overtime. He was awesome in being able to get away from the rush, make something happen. He did a ton of it last fall when he didn't have Jamison Williams, when he didn't have John Metchie, who's now with the Houston Texans, didn't have that skill, talent there at wide receiver. And he was able to make things go with Jameer Gibbs and still an offensive line that was up and down. You watch Bama's offensive line this year. They're still not good, but Bryce Young made it through. And on Sunday, 8 of 10 against the Blitz for 142 yards, zero interceptions, and he had a 118.8 passer rating. He was excellent against the Blitz. Loved what I saw from Bryce Young, and it feels good to see a quarterback in his first opportunity take his team down the field to win the game. Sam Darnold had so many opportunities. He finally did it in his very last game, the last time the Panthers won there in week 18 against the Saints, where he was horrific throughout the afternoon. But really, when it mattered, he couldn't do it. We talked about Teddy Bridgewater. Every opportunity seemed like every Sunday to either tie or win the game, he could not do it. Baker Mayfield couldn't do it. Bryce Young, first opportunity to go down the field to win the game for his team at home, he got it done which already makes him different from the other quarterbacks Carolina Panthers tried out during the Matt Rule regime in those three wasted years. So kudos to Bryce. Love what I saw. The 15-play, 86-yard drive to kill the final 6-17 of the clock. That may have been a changing point for Bryce Young and the organization moving forward here through the rest of the 2023 season. Really a coming-of-age tale there that we saw written out on the field on Sunday in that win against Houston. Another good thing, Eddie Pinero. We're not going to talk about the missed extra point. We don't, we're not worried about that. But Eddie Pinero, when it's mattered recently, when they've needed him to make a kick, he made it. Walked off last year. He had a bunch of big kicks after the debacle in Atlanta. He has now made 24 consecutive field goals at Bank of America Stadium. When Eddie is kicking out the bank, it's good. We don't even need to see it. Just go ahead, put the three points up there. Just give it to him. Because Eddie is going to make those kicks. He's been great for the Carolina Panthers since signing on. You look at just the merry-go-round of kickers that the Panthers had. We talk about the merry-go-round of quarterbacks, of left tackles. It's been the same thing at kicker. You had the Ryan Santosos, you had the Joey Slides, you had that not working. Zane Gonzalez, when healthy, was good, but the problem was he couldn't stay healthy. But Pinero comes in off the street, or I guess off a practice squad up in Detroit, and he has been great for the Carolina Panthers. And kudos. To Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator, for finding Pinheiro, recommending Pinero, and having Eddie Pinero come in here and solidify the Panthers kicker position, wearing that number four. There's something different about a Panthers kicker wearing a number four unless he's Joey Sly, because that that just ain't it. Uh, Also, Frankie Luvu, another good. He finished the game with a game-high 12 total tackles, two tackles for loss, two passes defended, and a sack. The dude is everywhere, and I will be crushed. I won't be crushed, but I'll be disappointed if he ends up leaving at the deadline. That is someone the Carolina Panthers shouldn't want to build their defense around. I don't know how much it's going to take to keep him, but I want Frankie Luvu here in Carolina. He's a fan favorite. He's someone who works hard, good leadership. That is exactly the kind of player you should want here in Carolina for as long as he is capable and as for as long as the organization wants him. And I think they would want to have him, uh, for the foreseeable future, at least in the next two or three years, or however long it's going to be. So Frankie Louvre, love what I saw from him. His mama came to town, and he went out there. He bought out for his mom, so good for him, and good for the Panthers' defense overall, which is another good. The defense, they gave a 100 yards, but it was only 3.7 yards per carry, which you'll take. And they were able to limit C.J. Stroud, and they didn't have a big passing game. It was good to see Xavier Woods come back. I just thought overall the defense that has struggled with injuries, and that's going to be the case the rest of the year. They're still not going to have Shaq Thompson. We'll see what happens happens with J.C. Horn. They may trade somebody like a Dante Jackson. It's going to be up and down. But they were able to come out with a plan, execute that plan, and help keep this team in the game and be able to help lead them to victory on Sunday afternoon. So that is the good, the bad. The run game overall, uh, the Panthers got to find a way to to find a semblance of balance offensively. Like It's great when Bryce is able to do what he did yesterday, and I think we're going to see more of that as he continues to get more comfortable in this offense and just gets more experience at this level, but they have to figure it out. They need to be able to run the ball effectively to take some of the pressure off of him. It can't just be Bryce running for his life, having to create, because if you're depending on that every single week, eventually – At the NFL level, it's going to catch up to you. It caught up to Alabama last year, so it's going to catch up to the Carolina Panthers this year and probably already has, honestly, when you look at the 1-6 in record. So 24 attempts for 44 yards, 1.8 yards per carry, that's awful. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, who's now going to be the the workhorse back, at least he's he's the lead guy for now. Frank Reich talked about that on Monday. We'll get to more of what he had to say here momentarily. Hubbard had 15 carries for 28 yards. Not great. Um, Miles Sanders two carries for zero yards and just turning out to be a horrible signing. And I already had somebody ask me about Scott Fitter. And oh, look at the free agent signings. Um, who do you think wanted Miles Sanders here? Deuce Staley. So I don't know if that's on Scott Fitter. Not trying to be a Fitter apologist. Well, let's just understand that some of, a lot of these guys they brought in are because of who the coaching staff wanted to bring in. Miles Sanders. Who is his former running back coach? Deuce Staley, a running back. He believes running backs should be paid, which is ludicrous. Um, and Miles Sanders is now here in Carolina, and he's like your third best back, which is a problem. Uh, but Chuba Hubbard, when it mattered, though, this is what really what matters at the end, when it mattered most, when they really needed to run the ball, when they converted that fourth down, four yards up the middle, four yards up the middle, three yards up the middle to clinch the game. That's what you needed, and Chuba Hubbard gave it to him on Sunday when it mattered most at the end. So 11 of his 28 yards coming there when the Carolina Panthers need to move the chains and be able to force the Texans to use all their timeouts and run out the clock. Uh, The Ugly? Ooh, icky, baby. What are we doing? (laughs) We got to figure this out, man. We have to figure this out. Right now, he has a 59.8 overall grade at Pro Football Focus, which is mm, mm, mid. And he allowed four sacks uh, versus Houston on Sunday. And a couple of them, he just looked, bad like Jonathan Grenard I-, I love that dude he is a sick sick player and he made Icky look like a fool a couple of times and Icky's just got to be better and that was the rub with Icky Aquano that okay really good when it comes to run blocking getting downhill but when it comes to pass protecting he ain't the greatest he can get better and I think what James Campen as his offensive line coach and that's another guy who probably deserves a little bit of criticism I think Ike Kwan will be fine. We saw way too much last year of Ike being good. This clearly, as of right now, is a sophomore slump. Will this actually be a problem moving forward for good? Is this just who he is? I'm not ready to say that, but I am concerned. Because the preseason wasn't great. And so in the regular season, we've seen a lot of the same. It, is it possible that at left guard, not having Brady Christensen there, having to cycle through Zavala and through Cade Mays, and now Calvin Throckmorton, that's four different left guards. Has that impacted him? It's possible, because continuity on the offensive line is so important. Communication is so important. Trusting the guy next to you is, again, so important. Are those all f- symptoms to why Iki has struggled so far this season? I don't know, TBD. Because he had Christensen, and he still struggled week one and in the preseason, so we'll see how it works out, but that that really was the the one ugly uh, thing that we saw from the game on Sunday, uh, Ikequano, his struggles. So that's the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Carolina Panthers' 15-13 win against the Houston Texans. Frank Reich, he spoke to the media for the first time after winning a game as a head coach in Carolina. We'll get into some of his comments here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets of any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The Hornets are back in action. You got the NHL going on, you got college football, and of course, your Carolina Panthers are finally in the win column. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props over unders and more. So visit Fandle.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. For the first time since being named the head coach here in Carolina, Frank Reich spoke to the media on a Monday following a Carolina Panthers win as the Carolina Panthers won 15-13 in walk-off fashion against the Houston Texans on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte. Game balls, uh, one out to Bryce Young. Tommy Trimble got one. Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, the rookie, having his best day as a Carolina Panther on Sunday. Defensively, Frankie Luvu, no doubt. Doubt about it. Derrick Brown and Dante Jackson all getting game balls. Then on special teams, Eddie De Niro, Eddie Pinheiro getting it done, DiCaprio Boodle, and Amari Barno also getting game balls. And, of course, we saw after the game, Thomas Brown getting a game ball and this the emotions that Frank Reich had handing it over to him. And and Frank Reich was asked about that. He just said raw emotions from believing in someone and putting the time in. I certainly am skeptical as you have heard and still am about the way they went about giving Thomas Brown the play calling. And I again I have no issues with it. I think it's the right decision. I just have a hard time believing that it was all Frank Reich wanting to do it right now. I do believe that David Tepper had a role in it. Frank Reich even been admitted that David Tepper and Scott Fitter had a role because he let them know way back when he took the job when looking at interviewing offensive coordinator candidates just what his plan would be and he has those weekly meetings with David Tepper but that's not to say that Frank Reich doesn't believe in Thomas Brown because I don't think he would have hired Thomas Brown and would have came out way back when and said that Thomas Brown eventually would be calling the plays that Thomas Brown will be a part of putting together the game plan if he didn't believe that this guy could go out there and call a great drive there to win the game and to run out the clock. So, yeah, I do believe that he p- trusts Thomas Brown, that he believes that Thomas Brown can be a head coach one day, that he's the right option for the offense moving forward. I'm just, again, skeptical that it was all Frank Reich's decision to do it right now, but it was great to see as Frank Reich just talk about raw emotions, you know, when you Believe in somebody like that's that's it, and he's not going to apologize for it for it. Neither and neither should he. And uh, talking about the play calls on the final drive, he liked Thomas Brown's poise, uh, the mix and play calls. It just was it was just a well executed drive. He said Thomas called it perfectly. And Frank Reich, uh, his first time he's really sat there on the sideline not called plays, and he he said it was hard, but at no point was he ever second guessing Thomas Brown, thinking about oh maybe call this or call that. He just just sat there and let Thomas Brown cook. Now, the offense still has a ways to go. It will largely was terrible on Sunday. It was 244 yards that they had overall, 86 of those coming on the last drive. It wasn't a good offensive performance. But when they needed it most, they got down the field and won the game. And we have seen so many times over the course of the last three, four seasons, the Carolina Panthers have that opportunity to go down there and do it and not get it done. I guess you got last year, the Vikings game. Where they were awful, and Sam Darnold was able to get them. It was crazy. They scored like two touchdowns in the final two drives. and up losing that game in overtime a couple years ago. Uh, that's a moment where it happened. But very rarely here in Carolina have we seen a play caller, whether it be Joe Brady, Jeff Nixon, um, or Ben McAdoo, and now Thomas Brown. Rarely have we seen them be able to put together a play calling drive like we saw from Thomas Brown on Sunday and a quarterback to go out there and execute it to the point that Bryce Young did to be able to set up Eddie Pinero for that walk-off field goal. So kudos to everyone out there. When we speak about emotions, a big emotional day The Panthers Panther did a great job. Darren Gann, panthers.com has just been chronicling uh, Austin Corbett's recovery from his ACL tear and in great job by Austin Corbett to be willing to speak um, about that and to take us all inside what it, it's like to rehab from an ACL to miss the start of the season and come back out there. A great video from the Panthers social, great article from Darren Gann on Panthers.com, just you know, highlighting all of that and Austin Corbett's emotions. So it was great to see him back out there. And Frank Reich just said, you know, everything you saw from him just speaks to Austin's character and respect that he has on this team. And it's good to have him back. And maybe the Panthers can get on the roll, really start to run the football well as he gets in the game shape. He gets back um, into the, being the kind of player he was before he went down with that ACL tear in week 18 of last season. Uh, the big thing, too, you got the offsides on a field goal attempt. Frank Reich, he talked about it on Sunday. He didn't want to speak about the motives, but you could tell he clearly thought it was um, he thought it was uh, some shenanigans going on there from D'Amico Ryans and the Texans coaching staff. Where you saw the constant offsides. It was one offside. And the second one was an unsportsmanlike. And then it kept happening. And it's are they trying to ice Pinero? He he talked about it after the game. Eddie Pinero was in the locker room saying, yeah, they were trying to get my head. Didn't work. It's not going to work. When it's a 23-yard field goal, that's just not going to happen. Now, if it's at 38 yards, it would have made more sense. And that's why I just didn't understand after he missed earlier. And I didn't think it was going to miss at all. But after he missed earlier, why are they trying to pull that crap? It's just, it's stupid to me. So it didn't work for Houston and Frank Reich. He was the best I heard asked him about uh, from Carolina. Asked him about it. He's like, uh, glad he's like, thank you for asking that question. Uh, he doesn't think that it was crossing the line, but, um, it might've been a little bit over the line. And you know, when it happens repeatedly, you wonder what's being said over there. So I didn't want to speak to any motives, but clearly Frank Reich, uh, did not appreciate what was going on there. Um, and then, you know, you, they won a game. Finally, they talk about Monday film review. Uh, it's the same win or lose. So be the same guy. Coaches and players have to be obsessed with getting better. Um, he thinks that with making strides, you can see it in the offense that they're doing it. They have fewer penalties, there's been fewer turnovers. You know, eliminating mental mistakes is the next thing. Uh, I got myself saying, you know, like Bryce Youngs, so I got to stop doing that. The fourth down conversion that they had, the fourth and two. We talked about that was nearly a disaster. Miles Sanders ran the wrong route, (laughs) y'all. It's been bad for Miles Sanders. He ran the wrong route. Adam Thielen was able to make the play, thank God. Uh, And Adam had a concentration. But, yeah, Miles Sanders ran the wrong route. And Frank was asked about Miles Sanders' slump. Uh, He said sometimes it's about getting him touches. And if you're not getting touches, you just got to make the most of the touches. Again, two. Carries for zero yards uh, on Sunday afternoon. He maintains that Chuba will get the bulk of the carries moving forward, but that Miles be uh, someone who will have a presence. They have confidence in Miles Sanders and they're going to rotate guys, yada, yada, yada. If you have confidence in Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard wouldn't be your lead back right now. We saw how the game plan played out. Unfortunate, not a great signing. Blame Deuce Staley. Hayden Hurst, same case, not getting a ton of action. He had two targets. Uh, one of them, Bryce, is just trying to get rid of the football. The second one was an egregious drop from Hayden Hurst, and Tommy Trimble's taking over his job. And Frank said, Tommy Trimble's playing good football. It's a meritocracy. They believe in Hayden Hurst. Clearly, they believe in Tommy Trimble more than Hayden Hurst when you just watch the game and see who's getting certain opportunities. And he also said he believes in Aquanu. and that is true. is still out there at left tackle. But I also ask you, what are options do the Carolina Panthers have right now at left tackle? None. So, they're going to have to deal with it. That's what Frank Reich had to say on Monday as Carolina Panthers are 1-0, and 1-6. And now preparing for a home matchup, a revenge game against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, 4 o'clock game I think on Sunday afternoon here in Uptown Charlotte but that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Pants podcast part of the Locked On Podcast network hosted again by us, truly Julian Council y'all remember to subscribe or follow the show for free over on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and be sure to follow me Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council where I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions tomorrow now depending on how things go with the trade deadline you may have to shift a bit of that to next week or later on this week we'll see but either at me or DM me first follow me on Twitter at Julian Council get those questions into me now but in the meantime be safe be happy be whole as always and forever keep pounding and I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday